From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more corner pocket. Now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. Got to get back. I need some get back. What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up War Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. Coming up on today's show, rivalry route. Florida State dismantles Miami. What does it mean for Miami? Who cares about them? But what does it mean about Florida State? We'll talk all about that as well as uh, keep up with our picks and the Zaxby's Indescribably Good Player of the Week Award. Wake Up War Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. CPTallyBar.com, the website. As always, you can pull out your phone, camera app it up, hit that QR code, takes you right to the website. It's Monday, lunch special, Victory Burger. Two in a row, two in a row for the Knowles and your fans. All at Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Weekdays, the lunch special goes 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Have it, enjoy it, you'll love it. And then tomorrow, trivia. Every day of the week, something cool to do at Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Check it out. Warchant.com, ultimate level sports source. $10 for an entire year of access. You could have checked out Corey's column. Ira's going to have a 3-2-1. Michael Lang's got all the recruits talking about everything. All of that for an entire year for only 10 bucks, Do it. Also, the thumbs up, five-star rating and review. Some folks, Corey, have uh, given us cool reviews on the Apple podcast stuff. Cool. Appreciate that. Thank you. But you're doing the wrong one. You got to search for Wake Up War Chant. Make sure you subscribe to the one on the right. The one on mm. the right. That one's got like over 1,000 reviews. That one, please. But whatever. Listen to the show however you like and enjoy it. We just yeah. I like that we just make it easy for people. You know, can't just click on the one. We got, we got two options. Click on the one on the right, not the one on the left, dummies. The one on the right. Oh, don't say dummies. Um, I'm not going to lie, a little bit groggy, a little bit of a long weekend for your guy. Just driving mm. down to Miami, driving back up. Corey sounds a little bit more chipper in his bounce back. I think that's probably due in part to his newfound health regime. Uh, Plus, I'm used to the drive, right? I guess. I'm, I'm doing five-hour drives on the regular to get up to Atlanta and back, so I – Going six and a half to Miami is no big deal for this guy. Yeah, I was all gung-ho. Woke up early Sunday morning with, like, I don't know, hey, man, time to get back on the road. Let's go. He's like, well, you, you want to leave right now? I'm like, yeah, let's go. Come on, let's go. And then I was just totally wiped out all of Sunday, uh, trying to get back into the groove of things, and we will right now as we turn to the show. 45-3 the win, Corey, for Florida State over Miami. Was that the, the biggest victory for any team in this rivalry on the road? Or is that something we, we – can we confirm that? Is that not confirmed? Does that sound kind of accurate? Uh, yeah, no, that – yeah, that – I mean – I'm confirming it. Yes, it okay. was. Um, Florida State's biggest on the road was 38-3. to It was the game I talked about last yeah. week, the 35-pointer yeah. back in uh, 1984. Um, and then I don't know what Miami's biggest win in, in Doak is. Maybe the one in uh, 2001 with mm. Shockey and Dorsey, like 49-27. I feel like that was yeah, um, one of the 22 points. But, yeah, man, that was um, – now, look, if you had told me on Friday or Thursday that um, – that Van Dyke was only going to throw five or six passes right? and look like he did, I've been like, yeah, Florida State's going to win comfortably, and it might be a blowout. Uh, the way it played out, yeah, absolutely. That that was no contest. That that played out like it should. Florida State in its third year with a veteran quarterback in a solid defense, nothing incredible, but a solid defense, and again, what I think we can now call an elite offense. Um, 
going down there with a whole bunch to play for against a team with no quarterback, a bad offense, no real system or buy-in from those players yet, first year with a new coach, man, it played out like it should, kind of like it did two years ago down there. Um, you, you just completely humiliate uh, for the other side. I mean, yep. you completely humiliated and obliterated them. Yes. Um, with them without having a pulse on offense because they didn't have a quarterback that could play. Um, that was that was no contest, man. It would have been a the ref would have stopped the fight in the fourth round. Throw the damn towel. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was no it was it was uh pretty amazing to watch. Just because it isn't in the context of this season. Because we've watched Miami this year. They get blown out by everybody in that stadium. And we watched this team, kind of this Florida State team, kind of put up points and yards on everyone. Maybe not that extent, points-wise, but they, they move the ball on everyone. But when you take, and this is what I wrote about, right? When you take the step back from where it was two years ago and where we felt about the program, even not even 24 months ago, let's say 13 months ago, you know, after September of last year, where we felt about this program. There is no way you could have, anybody listening to this could have walked up to me and told me after the loss to Louisville last year, hey man, isn't it crazy that like in 13 months, Florida State's going to beat Miami by 42 points? I would have slapped you in the face and said, get out of here, man. I don't have any money. I don't have any cash, but go bother someone else. I don't, by the way, if, if people ask me for money, if I have some, I'll, I'll, I'll dole it out. I know people are on hard times, and I, I promise I don't slap people in the face when they ask me for money. That was a weird um, kick comparison I made. Yeah. But, yeah, I kick them in the shin. I kick them in the shin. But, um, but yeah, so that, that is amazing when you think about the context of where this program was. And you can say, people listening to this can say, yeah, man, Miami's not very good. It's like, no, you don't, in modern-day college football, you don't go on the road and win by 42 points. Almost over anyone, so that in a rivalry game, come on, man, that was uh, that was really remarkable. It's a, it's a, it's the best night. Norvell's had a few of them here recently, I guess, but that's the best night of Mike Norvell's tenure at Florida State, and it's I don't think it's close for for what it means for what his where his program has come from to where maybe it's going, but also just what it means for in state everything you're trying to do in the state. That was a great great night for Mike Norvell. Yeah, it feels like you you paid them back with interest from what yeah. they did to you two years ago because the fact of the matter was at least at least twenty twenty they had to watch it on TV. The recruits they they weren't there in person right. trying to be wooed right. by Miami, and they were on Saturday. They were trying to be wooed by Miami, and then they saw that. You know, for the purposes of the show, we'll obviously focus on floors. I, I really think that the bigger takeaway for me is just what's going on down there, um, what they're having to deal with. But I think what it showed for me Saturday, and I mentioned on a show maybe last week at some point, I just think Florida State is at a point where man, they they will bully you. If you are not as good or better than Florida State talent-wise, you might have a puncher's chance. I thought Miami had a puncher's chance with Tyler Van Dyke. But if you don't land that punch, they will proceed to then bully you and totally embarrass you. Look up Boston College, look up Georgia Tech, and, and now look up Miami. I, I think that's kind of what they demonstrated with, with the way they played on Saturday. Because Miami's shot as a puncher, they had everything they wanted early on. Man, they, that, that crowd was, was pretty lubed up. I don't know if it was 100% capacity. Seemed like there might have been space for a pep band to set up if they wanted to, mm, Yeah, as you like kind of it, pointed out. Yep. Um, but they, they win the toss or whatever. They defer. First play of the game, I think, was a tackle for loss. Second play, you get some of that yardage back. 
Third play, you just got off the field. It's three and out. Their quarterback just, you know, Florida State's quarterback throws it into triple coverage. You're off the field. Let's go. Big-time rivalry game. But you, as a as a poorly functioning team, do a stupid penalty, uh, which was a, was a fair penalty to call, uh, the pass interference on Cam McDonald. And then you're looking at a point where maybe Florida State's quarterback is going to start pressing a little bit. He's going three and out. The crowd is hostile. They're rowdy. But instead... That one punch, Florida State absorbs it and kind of laughs it off and then proceeds to run down the field and score, and then it's a romp from then on out. Like Miami is nowhere near what Florida State is right now in terms of being able to put together a full 60 minutes of football on both sides of the football. Nowhere close to it. And that's not the point of this. The point is that Florida State, man, is, is far, along enough, far enough along now to where they have the capability to make a team look that silly. And the great thing is that's a rivalry game. That was a rival. That, that game means exponentially more than Georgia Tech and Boston College. Right. And maybe Miami's one of the worst five teams in the conference. Who cares, man? It's Miami. It's still. I, I wasn't one of the guys. I was like, oh yeah, Jimbo beat Miami and Florida. But those look at those teams. They were they were terrible. Man, you still beat Miami. You still beat Florida. It's a huge important piece of the puzzle to get to where you want to go with this program. Man, Florida State's offensive line. That was a story of the night to me. Was the fact that they bullied the heck out of Miami. The entire team bullied Miami. Um, that's just it's, it's incredible to think, to your point, man, that, that two years ago, 13 months ago, you would have been told this team is capable of physically and mentally bullying another team, especially one like Miami. I- incredible turnaround, man. Not not uh, completed, but, man, this this program is hard to imagine they're going to lose another game this year. Now, that sounds bizarre, Corey. They're 25th in the nation. I'm back in. Yeah. I'm back all in, Corey. Oh, good, man. Good. That's good to know. They'll be happy to know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, sure I'm sure Norvell will say something tomorrow or, or later on today at the uh, at the press conference. Yeah. Here you're back in, Aslan. Yeah, good yeah, to hear. Yeah. Welcome yeah. aboard. Welcome yeah. back. Yeah. Um, look, I, I think that what they do with, on offense, um, we can't overstate how good they, how well they are coached. Um, this is a pretty remarkable turnaround. Uh, and, and again, I, I thought the defense would be around this. Um, you know, look, they, they've, I don't know where they are in total defense. I think they're top 20 now in the country, which 17th. is great. They were, they were 22nd. They're now 17th. So that's awesome. But I think we all know we're, we're all adults. Like we know that some of that is opponent adjusted. Like you just played two horrible offenses. Um, just not in Clemson's not very good either as they, Thankfully, as they prove. Yeah. So they, so there's, there's three offenses in a row where you haven't, you, you have not played the best in the world. Uh, two of them you played really, really well and did exactly what you're supposed to do. A bad offense, you get on the field with a bad offense, you're a good defense or a solid defense, however you want to, whatever adjective you want to use. You, they did exactly what they're supposed to do. Get them off the field in a hurry. Get them off the field in a hurry. Go get the offense the ball back. So I, we, we need to talk about the defense, and we will. I don't want to just dismiss a, a three-point game, uh, giving up three points and no touchdowns. But, man... I am just stunned at how good this offense is. And that's yeah. the thing, Aslan. When you go into a game against Syracuse, who may or may not have their starting quarterback, but even if they do, much like this game you just played, it's hard to imagine anybody holding this offense to under what, at this point, 27, 30 points? Yeah. I feel like if Florida State goes up to Syracuse and scores 27, it will be a bad, things will have gone wrong. Either went for it on fourth down a few times, struggled in the red zone, um, a, a couple ill-timed turnovers, wh- whatever the case may be. I, I have so much confidence in what they're doing with this group, um, you know, and they can do it so a variety of ways. Like they just played Georgia Tech, and look, man, we know Georgia Tech isn't a good football team. That defense isn't bad. 
just like Miami's defense isn't bad. And they make them look like high school teams. Like, so you go one week where Jordan Travis throws for 400 yards. The next week he throws 12 passes and you score more points. But this is this isn't what no usually pick sixes, teams, no defensive scores, nothing nothing weird in there. No. Right. So this is you got one ball at the eight. So they gave greedy Vance's interception. You got the ball at the eight. So that was a that was a one or two play drive for a touchdown. Other than that, you earned it all. And um, so when you look at offenses that are really good, and Florida State I think has a really good slash elite offense. Most of them are kind of good at one thing, right? Like Ole Miss. Ole Miss can throw the ball a little bit, but they run that bejesus out of the ball. Like Florida State does both. I just looked it up, and again, it's PFF, so if you want to take it with a grain of salt, you can. But Florida State has, I think, the eighth best offense overall, according to Pro Football Focus. They have the number six rushing attack, number the sixth best rushing offense, and the ninth best passing offense. Man, that is that is not normal. That is not normal to be so good at both. And Florida State is. They can beat you at both. Or I should say they can move the ball. They can move the ball with both. And what's been really encouraging the last two weeks, in particular this week, is they're not just going 20 to 20 and then struggling. And now my man's got our, our 30 to 30. Now, oh, am I going to go for it on fourth and three from the 27? Are we going to, what are we going to do? Something dumb inside the five? No, every time they got the ball in the red zone against Miami, they scored. Six to um, six. Yeah, and only one was a field goal. So that's f that's five touchdowns and six trips inside the red zone. That's an offensive line being physical. That is a apparently a superstar in the making at running back, running physical, and it's also a quarterback making the right decisions. All in having weapons, having guys he can throw to. All in in oh, and throwing the fact that you've got a coach that can really scheme up some stuff. The play to Lundy, we've seen them work on that in practice a bunch. Um, that's a that's a tough play, man. He looks like a lead blocker, correct? You think it's a lead blocker. He acts like he's going to block, so the defender goes by him, and then, oh, Jordan Travis just lobs it over the top for a touchdown. That's really hard to defend. Um, so when you, when you combine all that through nine games, you have one of the better offenses in the country. And coming into this season, that was my biggest concern was what could it take the next step? Well, it, it has. The so now you need to. to. Yeah, the offense had to. Yeah. yeah. So now you need to finish it off, though. You've got three games left. You really should win all three. You're going to be favored in all three. Um, and, you know, I, I think at least two of them you could win convincingly. And then you're sitting nine and three with one of the best offenses in the country, having a chance at a pretty darn good bowl game and maybe 10 wins. That's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's cool, man. It's just cool to see this because we're honest. I, like I said, I wouldn't have believed any of this if you'd have told me last September after that Wake Forest game or after that Louisville game, certainly after the Jacksonville State nightmare. Hey, man, just be cool, man. 13 months from now, this team's going to be in the top 25 and have one of the best offenses in the country. Again, I, would, I, was gonna, I wouldn't slap you in the face and I wouldn't kick you in the shin, but I'd tell you to get away from me or I'm going to call the cops. Like that, There's no way you would have believed it. You're just spouting off nonsense. But that's what Norvell's done, man. So kudos to him. Kudos to Atkins. Um, obviously, Dillingham, Dillingham can coach. You look what he's doing at Oregon, man. They're putting up crazy numbers, too. But something's flipped. Something's changed from last year to this year with this offense. And I think a, a good portion of it is obviously better wide receivers. Trey Benson helps. But Norvell's, Norvell's a good play caller, man. Maybe he leaves you a, a little bit stupefied inside the 5 or 10 sometimes. But he is a very good play caller, and Atkins has brought something uh, 
something different to the offensive coordinator position as well. Plus his offensive line, he does a remarkable job with not NFL talent to run and put up yards and points on everyone. The clutch shots, the biggest hits. It's time for the Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week. You heard the man. Time for the Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week. We're going to talk defense at some point. We already talked about offense. We'll probably talk more about that too. But how about the special teams? Alex Mastromano, my Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week. Three punts, 124 yards, an average of 41, whatever. But all three of them, all three of them inside the 20. Shoot, Corey, I feel like all three of them were like inside the five. Uh, it was remarkable what he did to give Miami absolutely no oxygen when Florida State, in the rare instance, wasn't able to get points. Uh, those punts were absolutely demoralizing to Miami. If they had any shot, they needed a short field. Florida State did not give that to them. Uh, shout out to Alex for, for having a really good night out there because we've seen him punt the heck out of the ball in practice and some Saturdays just do things that did not look like what we had seen earlier in the week. Mm. So carrying it from the practice field to Hard Rock South or Doak South, uh, Alex is my pick for Player of the Week. Zaxby's indescribably good Player of the Week. Well, I'm going to go with Jake Garcia. I thought, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that to kid. He's just a freshman. Uh, no, I, I'm going to go uh, with, I'm going to stay kind of in that area, Aslan, because if you remember, one of the guys that uh, caught one of Mastromato's punts inside the two-yard line was, uh, was our man Jamie Robinson. He caught it at the one, great play, jumped up, kept it from going in the end zone. It ended up being uh, leading to Florida State points about three minutes later. I thought Jamie Robinson was awesome in that game. I thought he was the best player on the field. He just makes – he is starting to play, and he's been good all year, but he is starting to play at that elite special level. And I, my favorite play of the game is when Miami – it was 31-3, to and Miami has that 90-yard drive down to like the Florida State two- or three-yard line, first and goal, on second down – the quarterback, who's been running pretty well, freshman, tries to keep it, and Jamie Robinson throws him down like he's a four-year-old, grabs him and just dismisses him. And then, that, I, and then the next play, they snap it beside, behind him, and then uh, you, you get the ball and recover it. I, but Jamie Robinson was everywhere. He played, uh, he played the most snaps on the team. He graded out high because he always does. He's just an exceptional player, led the team with seven, or, seven tackles, just all over the field, in the run game, defending the pass, that's my guy. That's my indescribably good player of the week. And he talked to us after the game. He doesn't like to do media. He doesn't do it a lot, but he came and, uh, he came and suffered through it uh, Saturday night. Shout out. Jamie Robinson, Alex Mastermano, or Zaxby's indescribably good players of the week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
you should have had you sign off on the the promo there, Corey. Are you are you got the pipes ready for tomorrow for the hour number two on Seminole headlines? You gonna give? The I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. I haven't practiced it yet. I'll probably be doing that all day Monday. Practice it, making sure I do it correctly. Did you practice it last time, like in 14 when you did it? Maybe maybe that's part of it. Like don't. I, I remember in television, you you wouldn't want to. You would you'd get like a live interview in the field, and you'd pre-interview the person, like, hey, you know. Uh, what are they doing here with this construction that's affecting your life or whatever? And they give you these really great answers. Then you'd be live and you'd ask them the same question. And they would just not give you anything close right. to what they had done previously. So maybe just I go off the cuff. Yes. Yes. Don't yeah. put too much pressure on myself. You're right. I don't, yeah. and I don't want to be like, you know, an actor that rehearses the lines so much yeah. that it looks like they're just memorized and reading them and not reacting in the moment. So that, that's, you're right. I'm not going to even practice it. I'm just going to, I'm going to let it fly around whatever that is, 2.04 p.m. on Tuesday with a little hour number two because they beat they beat uh, Georgia Tech and Miami, so I said I would do it. <laughs> big dubs, big dubs. Gets yeah, you big dubs, baby. That's right. Uh, yeah, let's let's dovetail, I guess, here to the defense because then that will probably spin us forward to some of the, the bigger picture things. That offense, obviously, at Miami, not great. Not sure where Josh Gaddis is next year. Don't think it would be Coral Gables. Don't think it will be Miami Gardens, but that's for another podcast to figure out. Uh, but defensively, I don't know what they are on PFF, but round out defensively, they are 17th in the nation in total defense, allowing just over 308 yards per contest. They're 22nd in scoring defense, not even allowing 20 points per game, 19.8. Uh, again, your product, a lot of this is your product of the schedule that you're given, but Florida State's schedule is what it is. What it is. That's who is on the calendar. That's who they've played, and that's what they've done against all these teams. Uh, I mean, you look at, like, the tackles for loss in this game. Miami had 11 tackles for loss. Florida State only had four. Um, but they just didn't give Miami any oxygen. They give them any hope uh, outside of that first half. I can't even remember what Miami did to get into scoring position and ultimately kick a field goal. That's just how dominant they were. Patrick Payton with a really strong performance uh, from, for, from a freshman. Uh, Brandon Gant had a pretty solid game. Obviously, Jamie, Tatum, Bethune. You know, they're going to be at a point now here soon, Florida State, where they're probably going to have to figure out how many years of an extension they want to give to Mike Norvell. I don't – I think Adam Flores sticks with you, right? I mean, I, I think most people listening to this podcast thinks, thinks, thinks there's room to improve on defense. I don't think Adam Fuller or Mike Norvell would disagree with you. I don't know if bringing in a new coordinator is part of that. But, I mean, this defense, again, maybe not going up against the greatest challenge, but still – made them look nearly as bad as everyone thinks they are right now because of the way they performed against them. What? How good is this defense? I, I know we talked about them finishing the year off last year, kind of like a top 30-ish, 25-ish yeah. defense maybe, and that, that got them up to, to the 40s, or they got them up to the 60s, I think, because they'd been so bad in the first half of the season last year. Maybe this just is what they are. They're not going to be Georgia and just arrive at the ball with violence and anger and, and just absolute physical dominance. But, man, they're going to get off the field, and you're not going to move the ball. You're not going to get huge chunk plays on them. Not sexy, but your offense looks really sexy. So maybe just you can't have both of them. Enjoy what you have right now if you're a Florida State fan. Yeah, I mean, they're not, you know, I, I think Jared Verse is clearly an NFL player. I, I certainly hope Jamie Robinson plays in the league. He just he just is a ball player, man. That kid is a football player. Fabian Lovett. I don't know who else over on, other than those guys are going to play in the in the league or are like surefire guys. And I don't even know if Jamie Robinson is a surefire guy, but I hope he I hope he certainly gets a crack and gets drafted. But the next step in the evolution of this defense and really the evolution of this football team as we've talked about is elite talent, uh, first round talent. 
The, the, those are those were the, go go try to find me a great championship caliber college football team of the last few years that didn't have elite first round talent at multiple positions. That that's what that's you can do what Norvell's doing right now, and I'm I'm very happy he is, man. That was a great win, and this is a good team. This is a top twenty five team. It's really probably a top fifteen, top twelve ish team. I think I really do think if they hadn't blown that stupid game in Raleigh, they would be the fourteenth ranked team in the country right now, and deservedly so. But to take that next step in the the one we know Adam Fuller knows ball, right? We know we know he knows how to coach defense, and they don't give up huge plays, not anymore. Once he figured out who his safeties were last year, they stopped giving up big plays. They've given up one big play in the passing game all year. It just happened to come at a very inopportune time against Clemson, but that's about the only one. They don't they aren't they aren't incredible, but they don't do dumb stuff. So when you don't do dumb stuff and you don't give up huge plays, you are well coached. But to take that next step, you have to have great players that are well coached. And I don't know that they have a lot. In fact, I know they don't have a lot of those. So my one question mark about that defensive staff remains, are you going to be able to bring in elite talent? Not not good talent, not serviceable college football players to good college football players. And I, I, I don't I don't even want to I don't even want to make this comparison, but I'm going to just to prove a point. Are you gonna are you gonna keep bringing in the Derek McClendons of the world? are you going to start bringing in Jermaine Johnsons? I just think that's the difference. Derek McClendon is a solid college football player. He is much better than we thought he'd be, right? Or at least I thought he'd be a couple years ago. But he's not special. And look, Derek McClendon's not special. Kalen Deloach isn't special. Uh, Akeem Dent isn't special. I'm not saying they're bad football players. When I say special, I'm talking about Telvin Smith, LaMarcus Joyner. Elite. Elite uh, DeMarcus Walker. Elite college football player. So I just think that's the next step is you can win with these guys, clearly. With the schedule in this conference, yeah. Yep, but the margin of error is is a little smaller, obviously. And can you beat the big boys when it matters? If you're going to where you want to go, if you get to where you want to go, are you going to be able to beat the big boys that matter with pretty good college football players? Or do you have to have elite college football players? And I think that we all know the answer to that. So, in that regard, I want to see what this season, if they finish with eight or nine wins, what this season does on the recruiting trail and what it does in the transfer portal for Florida State. Because if they reload, I reload, I'm using that. Yeah, or retain. Know. How about if they retain all this, all the good talent? Retain, right. Retaining would be great. Oh. Um, that's the first op- uh, option is to retain. But then get... Get some difference makers. Like I, I want to, I want to make sure that can happen. I, you, because you, you can't win consistently with three star players. You just can't. We know it. You can have nice seasons. You can get up to eight or nine wins, even as we're seeing. You're not going to win championships with a defense full of three star players. You're just not. So, can Adam Fuller and that coaching staff bring in that caliber of player? We have no idea. Nobody knew who he was when he came with with Norvell. Nobody. He had no connections in the state of Florida. Then COVID happened. That year happened. They couldn't recruit. That was an awful defense. It was disgusting to watch. Last year got better, but nothing special. They had a really great defensive end, but he was here for a year. Now we're in year three, and he's proving that he's putting together a top 20, 25 defense. Can he prove to these high school players and their parents and their coaches, I will also get you to the league. I will make you a draftable prospect. Come with me, and I'm going to make you money. 
We're going to win games. Absolutely. I'm also going to make you money. That That's what needs to be shown. That's what we have to see, right? As people that cover this team or watch this team is what kind of caliber of athlete are they going to start getting on this roster that turns them in from an eight, turns them from an eight win team to an 11 win team. But just looking at my man and the way he's coaching this year, solid job, right? Absolutely, man. You know, even better than that. I just went through the whole thing of them not having a lot of great NFL talent, and here they are, top twenty in the country in total defense. So, man, yeah, kudos to him. And that was a great night. I wish they had gotten that shutout, but that's a great night for him. That's in these last two games have been really impressive, especially in the first half. What they're doing um, before the games get out of hand, they are making them out of hand because they keep stopping them and getting off the field. But. That's just that's that's still the one I don't I don't have any concerns that Adam Fuller knows football. I don't have any concerns that he can scheme up a defense. By the way, how awesome was it to see them kind of play a a matchup type of zone for Akeem Dent to come off and make it or not Akeem Dent, Greedy Vance to make that interception. Oh. The quarterback was confused, man. That was awesome to see. You confuse someone, he threw it right to you. That's what you do. Um so that I, I like what we're seeing from the defense overall. They've been as good as I thought they would be, probably better overall. They had I'm just still really upset about the Clemson game. I just thought that was a a, a poor performance. Should have done to but them what Notre Dame did to them, guys. It should have been absolutely. You, you should have been the ones absolutely. To, to show because that because you're good flawless. enough. You're good enough. You're you're good enough to make that to to do that. And uh and you didn't. You you kind of let it. You 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 blew it. The 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 Dennis Green. Clemson is who we thought they were, we and you let it hook. slip away. Let them off the hook. You, you let them off the hook. You just gave them points. But I think that, that, like I said, I think Adam Fuller can coach. I think that's we all know that now. This is not an embarrassment of a defense by any stretch. It is a solid to good defense. Um, just get me better players. Show that you can get better players, like elite players, at every level of the defense, and I'm all aboard. And so will hopefully the rest of the Florida State fans be. You know, what's exciting about this time right now for Florida State is obviously you're coming off a huge win over your rival, uh, two great really offensive performances. But, you know, back to my, you know, kind of, I don't know, tongue-in-cheek point about, like, you know, I'm back being all in, is that you you look who's left on the schedule. And it, Florida State is better than Syracuse. Florida State is better than Louisiana. I, I think Florida State is better than Florida. And, and now you start believing that they're going to be able to kind of stack some more of these performances. Maybe not, you know, we're going to hang 500 yards, you're not even going to get 200. But again, it's just hard to imagine these other teams are going to be able to really kind of hang around with Florida State. It, 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 spinning it forward, what makes me really, I'm almost, I'm really excited now to see where they're going to go for a bowl game because I think that might be the best team left on their schedule if they do finish this regular season 9-3. and three. Like, you don't, you're not going to kick around 9-3 and three and then go into a bowl game and play like the fifth best team in the big in the Big Ten, I don't think you would. You know, you're going to probably play, you know, whoever's behind like Michigan and Ohio State because those two teams will be in the playoff in a New Year's Six Bowl, and then we'll, we'll we'll get another kind of real good look at where this team is because I don't think anybody's hesitant. I think everybody's really back to believing in the big picture and where this program can be. But then you know, a little bit part of it too is we do have to recognize. Compliment to Florida State. They are, they are superior to Georgia Tech and Miami and then in Boston College, and they absolutely humiliate those teams. I, I kind of kind of wish we'd have like like LSU this week or LSU two weeks from now to to You're really crazy. get a, to really get a gauge of where we're at to get a really good sense of where we're at. But like in, in terms of looking at it from that perspective, Corey, about just how good truly is Florida State? Is this is this a, a very good team that knows how to put the dagger 
and the lesser teams and dominate them and, and look extremely impressive? Or is this team a team now you think that, man, they if they played Wake Forest this Saturday, if they played Clemson this Saturday, or if they played NC State, like those games would look remarkably different than they did three, four, five weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm sure the LSU game would, would, would look a little different, but I, I'm certainly also not convinced that uh, Florida State just absolutely loses that game. Uh, you right. know, look, man, Florida State's better than they were that night too, uh, especially now that they have their defense back. You know, Lovett being back is a big deal. He played 26 snaps, by the way. Um, I think Verse played 28. That's awesome. These guys are making impacts and making difference and not having to play 60 snaps. So they should be fresh again on Saturday night in Syracuse. By the way, Florida State's a six-and-a-half-point favorite up there. That's it? So, Disrespect. So, uh, I mean, similar similar to what it was in Miami, I think. I, I imagine that number will probably go up, but, uh, you know, we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think when you look at what Florida State is this year, I think they're a good team. I, I it, Like we've talked about, it's hard to differentiate, in my mind anyway. Look, what's LSU, eighth? What are they going to be, seventh in the country? What are they? I don't even know what they're they ranked now. They're currently seventh in the AP poll. And Florida State's 25th. Correct. You watched that game for three hours. Was there much difference between those two teams? I didn't really, watch it. Right? I didn't get to see the LSU-Alabama game. I didn't really. I know no, you no, I know, but you on. got to see LSU and Florida State on the field together playing. Yeah, I, That's I, my I, point is yeah. that Florida State is at a point now where they can compete. I legitimately believe they could compete with anyone in the country and maybe beat anyone in the country. Maybe not Georgia. Maybe. No, yeah. Come on, man. The way Georgia against Tennessee, I mean, with all due respect, yeah, if they if they did that to Tennessee, hard to think that it wouldn't be a similar fate. Although it was 27-13, yeah. but that was not nearly but as I, but, it, but, it, uh, in a, but that was in Athens. Like, yeah, of course, it'd be hard to go in Athens. But, like, Georgia and Florida State could have played in anywhere in the world last year, okay. and Georgia would have won by four or five touchdowns. That ain't, that ain't the case anymore. Um, Florida State would be in the game. I, I just think they would. I think that offense is that offense would test Georgia in a way that not many do. And again, if you're not playing Sanford Stadium, I think you have a fighting chance. Okay. I think you're a 13 point underdog, and I think you got a fighting chance. But but the point being, just looking at where Florida State has come from, where they were in the dregs of the earth two years ago, literally one of the I don't know eight to ten worst Power Five teams. Embarrassingly in the bad. Embarrassingly yep, bad. Yep. And again, as I pointed out, I know they were three and six. That was a two and ten football team that got some actually got scheduled luck. Yes, to only have to yeah. play nine games and not have to play Clemson and Florida, they would have been humiliated and embarrassed by both those teams. That was a three and nine, two and ten football team to now maybe be a nine and three football team two years later in a top twenty ish team. And I say ish because I, I really think, man, I think they're capable of being a top ten football team. Like I, I think they have enough parts right now. What he's done with this program in what they've done in the portal, the way this offense is playing. They they can beat anybody in the top 10. I really think anybody in the top 10. I'm, I'm not predicting they would, but they I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't I would be stunned if they got blown off the field by anyone. That part of that is cuz it's a weird year in college football where there's not great dominant teams. I mean, you saw Ohio State struggle with Northwestern, Georgia struggle with Missouri. Um Georgia struggled with a couple of teams this year. Like they that that isn't the Georgia of last year. Clearly, Alabama isn't the Alabama of last year either. Um, so the point being, looking at Florida State, where they were now, they, and you making the point that you want to see what they look like against LSU, well, we know what they look like against LSU. They beat them, and they, frankly, outplayed them for most of the game. LSU is better than they were 
um, when they played in, in early September. That quarterback's a lot better. They have an offensive yeah. line that they know who it is. The defense is – yeah. It's, and again, man, the, the – we talked but about Trey it. It was Vincent, a real thing. About, they had to get Duquesne. What, that, that, was a, that was a huge luxury oh, absolutely. having a week zero game. And then they absolutely. Did it, so. But think about what, uh, you know, you didn't know what Johnny Wilson was in that game. True. You, true. you didn't know what Trey Benson was. Right. Um, Trey Benson was actually bad in that game. That wasn't, Lelis, you didn't see the Trey Benson that, that Miami just had to see. Trey Benson has grown leaps and bounds, man. And it's just, it, it made me think, like, I think. Um, or is LSU physical enough that they, they don't get run over like peewee football players like every other no, team? No, man. I mean, has. Miami's got it. That Miami defensive line's got dudes that'll play on Sunday. Clemson's whole front has dudes that'll play on Sunday. And Florida State ran right over them. That Florida State runs over everyone. That's just what they're going to do. <laughs> LSU made sure they wouldn't because they were worried so much about Jordan Travis's legs that he just picked them apart with the arm. Now, if they had to play this Florida State offense, good luck. They, they can beat you in a variety of ways with a bunch of different weapons. Um, now, LSU would move the ball and score, too. They're, again, they're, they're, they, are, they are very, very talented, and they would be favored if they played Florida State today. Probably, maybe by – I don't know, man. Do you, do you know what LSU's favored by against Arkansas this week? I don't know. Would LSU, would they, have gone, would they go for two if they played Florida State next week? And they I absolutely. Dumb, dumb should have done it point. in New Orleans. LSU's favored by three points over Arkansas. Three. Arkansas weird. just lost to Liberty. LSU just beat Alabama. What a weird season, man. It's a, it's a crazy sport, right? It's it a is. crazy sport, and it is a really weird season. I'm just encouraged that Florida State is in the conversation as as it they're not. They're in our conversation. I don't know how, how many people outside, like, you know, ACC football enthusiasts. Like, I don't know if, if Fowler and Herbie think that Florida State's one of the ten best teams in the country. Not but that I you're saying they anybody... are, but, but they, that they can play with – any yes. team in the country. Yeah, but they can. I, I can. I'm 100% convinced of that. There's nobody in that top 10 that says, oh, no chance. They would lose to Ohio State. Ohio State has too many weapons. And they would lose to Georgia because Georgia's defense is too good. But they would be in those games. They just would. I, this is a good team. Um, not a great team because, again, they have to up the roster talent level. Where you can have the, – the problem with Florida State now is when they don't play well. See, for instance, the second half against NC State. They can look gross. But when you up the talent level, those those moments of not playing well shrink. And you can also just have a dude, even if you're not playing well, if everything's going against you and your offense can't get a first down, you might have a dude that just strip sacks the quarterback, picks it up and runs it in for a touchdown and you win the game anyway. Because you have a special first-round talent. Those guys just make plays when it matters. They don't quite have that yet. But if they add that to this to, to this roster, which you hope they do, and maybe they already have, maybe there's guys that have already committed that are going to be great players, that's where I think this you could see this thing take off and become a legitimate top 10 type program. Not just a team that can compete with top 10 teams and beat them occasionally, like stay on the field, but actually go into a season as a top 10 team. And man, if they close out this season with eight or nine wins, or I guess I should say nine or 10 wins, depending on the bowl game, and they get most of these guys coming back next year, they might start the season next year in the top 10 in the country. Yeah. Right? Especially if Clemson putters even further down the down the stretch here. Especially they might be, like, considered, uh, you know, cream of the crop in the ACC next year. I could see that happening. Yeah. If, if, especially the quarterback has to come back, obviously. Yes, correct. Um, correct. So. And that's going to be that's going to be really interesting what happens on that front. We'll we'll discuss that I guess ad nauseum for the rest of the month, but um that that's going to be really interesting. But yeah, man, I just when you look at um 
the the program, the this team, and what maybe it can mean moving forward for this program. I think it was uh, I think it was uh, telling how Mike Norvell talked about their poise in that game on Saturday night. How he went into the locker room and Josh Storms, the trainer, told him, "Man, these boys are ready," but not because they're banging the lockers and screaming at each other like werewolves, but because they were they were just so focused and calm and laser focused. And that's what Jared Verse said. Nobody was shouting. Nobody was screaming. They were just calm and ready for the moment. And Norvell said, you know, there have been a couple of times early in our tenure here where they got too amped and too overhyped. And, he, you know, the Florida game is the perfect example last year where they were just too emotional. They were emotional, but they kept their poise, man. They, they, act like they, they acted like they'd been there. Like this is, and, and as Ira pointed out after the game, man, they, they, they weren't doing cartwheels. Yeah. They were they were happy, mm-hmm. but they weren't they weren't overjoyed. Think it wasn't celebrating. LSU. It wasn't that team celebrating that 2018 Louisville game, you know. That's a yeah. That that absolutely is a great example. That is really a great example. And uh, because that was that was like a that was fool's gold, man. That was a crazy win. That, just a miracle that you knew that um, you knew what the DNA of that team was in 2018. This 2022 team expected to do that. They, I'm sure. I mean, Tatum Bethune said that yes, no, he expected to win by 42 points. I don't know about that. He he might have been the only one in the stadium that expected that, but oh, they expected Jeff, to well, win. Jeff Cameron wasn't in the stadium, but point. Well, on. that's true. Well, even Jeff wasn't predicting a 42 point win, <laughs> but they expected to win. I think they expected to win convincingly. Yeah, and that's that. They just they exuded that confidence after the game too, like just the way they were talking about it. Yeah, yeah, it was an awesome win. They felt great about it. But yeah, that, that's what they were supposed to do. They were the better team, and they went out and played like it. And that's a it's a cool place to be, man. It's a cool place to be to see a team that was so bad that we had to talk about and find reasons to talk about them two years ago and try to find some hope. To now you look at this team and you're like, yeah, this is a team that with one break here or there could be a, should be a top 15 team right now. Even though they didn't play well against Wake and Clemson, you can say, okay, they deserve to lose the, the, those games. That's fine. They They... They should have beaten NC State. They were a better team than NC State. They blew that. They let them off the hook. They blew that stupid game, and if they hadn't, they'd be look staring down the barrel of a ten or eleven win season, which they might still get to ten anyway. But good grief, man! Yeah. That is that where this program was to where it is now is just that's a that's a testament to those guys on the team, and it's a testament to the wonders of the transfer portal because that's been a really big deal for Florida State. Almost feel like NC State deserves to lose that game too because they didn't put MJ Morris in. Like, what are yeah, you? What, what, in what the were world? They, what were they thinking? Like, what? How did they look in practice? They're like, ah, now we'll go with uh, we'll go with the little Jack boy over here. Um, but anyhow, that's what happened. Yeah, that kid's that kid's not a bad player. And that Eight. defense, man, I, I, that NC State defense is good. Now Wake put up some points, but Hartman threw a couple more interceptions. Um, the the touchdowns they did have were just ridiculous catches because it's Wake Forest receivers that do that. But um, you know, I, I legitimately think you look at this conference and I guess you throw North Carolina in there now. I just, I don't know, I guess. But Clemson, Florida State, Wake, NC State, I think are the four best teams in the conference. Yeah. So, and it's just, it's just a bummer they're all in the same division. But we won't have that problem next year, Aslan. We won't have that problem next year. Well, on the way out, uh, you know, looking at things from a kind of a bigger picture, maybe outside picking over our fence, uh, I didn't get to watch a Clemson game. I remember kind of refreshing the score a few times, and you're like, whoa, because Corey was sitting next to me in Miami. He had to deal with that indignity. Uh, 
But I think Dabo said that was one of the most disappointing days in his 14 years as a head coach. Uh, like they, they just beat our butts, period. They yeah. have physical dust, period. That's it. Um, maybe I saw a funny tweet about uh, the caption was Dabo Sweeney when he doesn't have a first-round quarterback, and the photo was Jimbo Fisher, mm. which, hey, 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 well, hey. Let's, uh, I mean, Clemson is like 8-1, 7-1, hey, right? Well, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Um, I don't want to start writing their obituary, but man, if if Clemson hasn't maybe regained form after losing a Brent Venables, after losing uh, their offensive coordinators in consecutive years, which apparently Jeff Scott, who went to USF to take his first head coaching job, is no longer. Yeah. Uh, shout out Ernie Sims the third. I guess he's been elevated to defensive coordinator for okay, USF. Ernie, nice. So, nice. shout out Ernie. Stand up NFC. Um, but man, it, it would I don't know who else really Clemson has. I know they got Miami, so that'll that'll be a get right game for them. But man, if if they, they are got no Louisville. longer Pardon? They got Louisville. Okay. Well you never know. Maybe Scott, maybe Scott's got something up the sleeve for them. But yeah, they got Louisville this week, Miami after that, and then they got South Carolina. Yeah. Which, you know, they close the they close the season now with three games at home. That's that's nice. That must be yeah. nice. But I don't know how much of that is your focus. Because, again, you know, Mike Norvell talks about there's two teams I talk about at the beginning of every season, and, and Clemson's not one of them. But Clemson might be the more urgent target in front of you in terms of you can overtake them. There's a, there's a lot bigger things waiting for you at this point than if you're better than Miami or Florida, which we think they are. How closely will you be watching those three games? Obviously, you're focused about Florida State and your dogs. But will these be like a, a an interesting three games and a recruiting cycle to look at with, with Clemson? Because... Yeah, I mean they're they're eight and one again. I don't want to be too premature, but they they did not look to be the team they had been in years past last year. Clearly, and then this year, even though they they did get past Florida, they did make it and squeak by Syracuse to a certain degree. Um, how and Wake Forest obviously in double overtime. I mean, can we start maybe thinking, hoping, and, and not being too uh, you know pie in the sky that Clemson's going to kind of regress to the mean of what they've been in our lifetime here soon, hopefully. I mean, yeah, you hope. Um, it, it'll be interesting because Dabo has not been a big fan of the portal. Um, he does not. He has not adjusted to that at all. I don't think he's adjusted real well to NIL. And those are two huge factors that are going on in um, in college football right now. And he hasn't been, you know, he he he's not a fan of NIL. He's been very clear about that. He, he even said, I think, if they start paying the players, I'm going to go do something else. Yeah. Um, well, it hasn't happened yet because he's still cashing his $10 million check a year. Uh, but then also it, the hypocrisy of that is wonderful. But then also the, he hasn't been uh, he hasn't been all about the portal life. If he doesn't become about the portal life, they're going to get caught quickly. Like this is a new day and age, man. There's a lot of Jared verses out there. Well, I shouldn't say a lot. There are Jared verse caliber players out there that Clemson's just going to say, "What? No, we're not interested because we didn't sign you two years ago." You can't you that because your your competition is. So I, I think that, that is a, that's an adjustment that we'll see if Dabo makes. And if he makes it, then, yeah, I mean, they could – who knows? But, yeah, you, you look at where they were and where they are now, at least they plateaued, right? Absolutely. I don't know, right. that, I, I don't know that we can start saying they're starting to, that they're starting to descend because they're, what, they're probably going to finish with 11 wins. And win the conference so, probably, yeah. Yeah, but they, they've at least plateaued, and I think other teams are catching up. They're not bombing everyone. They're not beating everybody by – 30 points Florida State last year had the lead with three minutes to go in that building then this year if not for that nonsense to the stretch at the end of this first half and the beginning of the second half 
they were there and probably should have won the game. Now, again, that, that stretch counts. It happens, and you lost. You deserve to lose. I'm not saying Florida State was unlucky. I'm saying Florida State doesn't get blown off the field by Clemson anymore. Those days are over. Not many teams do, actually. So, yeah, in that regard, it certainly seems like Clemson's coming down to earth a little bit, coming back to the pack. And it's up to Florida State. I think I still think you gotta you gotta run the state of Florida first. You gotta yeah. you've got to get in this these next two recruiting cycles some big time players out of this state, man. Some big time players. You've got to figure out a way to make your mark um, recruiting high school players, high school athletes in the state of Florida. Not the twenty fourth best player, the twenty seventh best player. They might end up being very nice college football players. You know, you need to go like get two of the top four players in the state of Florida. Like, that's where I want to see Florida State get to in a year or two from now. It's not happening this year. Next year, make that, make that happen, Mike. And so when you, but when you look at what this, what, where college football is, where Florida State is, you look at the portal. I, I, I talked about this last week. It's kind of cool. I was talking with some buddies on Sunday about it. Like, it's almost like being the team, an NFL fan with free agency looming. Like, ah, oh, man, I wonder what big time receiver we might get. I wonder what I wonder what big time O tackle uh, we might trade for. It's you know it's kind of cool like that. You know baseball free agency starting up. I don't know who the Braves are going to sign at shortstop, but Florida State is going to get some superior talent out of the portal. Number one, because that's just if history has taught us anything, they will look at what they've done the last two years in the portal, and now all the players around the country are seeing what Florida State's doing in the portal. And they're going to be like, and how these guys come to Florida State and succeed immediately and seem to really like playing there. That to me is, is, it's the great equalizer. It's why Florida State is on the solid footing it's on now. It's why it can t- continue to be on solid footing, even if a lot of those guys leave. The, the, the Jordan Travis's, the Versus, the Fabian Lovett's, if they leave, you can go get yourself a, a defensive tackle or another badass defensive end. Don't know about the quarterback. We'll see how, what, what happens there. But, all is not lost, right? You you have some hope. The main the main goal for Norvell, though, clearly replenish the portal, replenish the roster, get some guys out of the portal. Start recruiting, man. Start recruiting at a top ten level. Start keeping those kids in state, and that's why I think it matters probably more about Florida and Miami. You just don't recruit against Clemson that much. You recruit against Florida and Miami all the time, and you just got to win those battles, right? Right. Right. So that's why I think it still probably matters more about Florida and Miami. I think that's why Norvell talks the way he talks about those rivalries, which is awesome, by the way. I love the way he talks about um, F- Florida and Miami. He d- they're not just another game. They mean a lot to him. This is a huge game. It's a huge win. We know this is a big opponent. Uh, he doesn't shy away from it, which is awesome. But, uh, yeah, I think you got to win the state. Win the state and go from there. I wonder if you can just keep replenishing – on defense through the portal, but maybe offensively you want to you want continuity. But it feels like just the nature of football. Like defensively, you can probably plug and play guys a lot quicker there than you can figuring things out offensively. And maybe they have enough of a runway now here with the guys they've brought in, like Micah and, and, and Johnny, that you know they can develop guys behind them that maybe aren't elite, elite, but they got Hakeem Williams on the hook right now, and he's yeah one of those kind of guys you're talking about. So it's a uh, It'll be fun, to, again, to see how interested and how active they'll be in the portal and, and who's going to be interested in them because of the way they've been looking here the last few weeks and 
uh, the way we kind of forecast the way they'll finish out the season. You know sports and you pick winners, but maybe not as good as Corey and I. We had a really strong week last week. You guys can get paid for it over at MyBookie. MyBookie.ag has the biggest online selection of odds and contests for all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. Bet on the NCAA football season, NFL season, and take advantage of money bag. My bookie's money bag, one of a kind opportunity to spin for crazy odds on props and futures. Place a bet, spin the wheel, and get ready to score epic odds on the best teams, athletes, and events. Sign up for free today. Promo code is WARCHANT. You get your deposit. First time deposit matched, dollar for dollar of any amount, up to 1000 instantly. Again, promo code WARCHANT to claim your deposit. You give yourself that competitive edge over at mybookie.ag. Let's see how we did this week on picks. Yeah, we both went 2-1. and one. Nice. Uh, You crushed it with... The backdoor cover, well, it would have been a push. But Boston College uh, did indeed cover. Uh, mm. they, the plus 10 against Duke was enough. I think it was 38-28 was the final. Mike Elko is probably going to win ACC Coach of the Year, everybody. So don't don't get angry at, at Mike Norvell not winning it. Um, Duke's actually pretty good, man. But I don't know, man. I mean, maybe Mike know, Norvell They lost to Georgia it. Tech. They did beat Miami. They beat the, beat the bejesus out of Miami, but they lost to Georgia that Tech. Maybe true. Brent Key will get it. What a big win for the Jackets, by the way. Yeah. Telling you, like Florida State treated that defense like it was uh, just an awful defense, like uh, Childs, you know? Yeah, like yeah, like yeah, Lincoln High School or something. Well, Lincoln High probably has a pretty good defense. I would some imagine years, some years, some years. Um, but you know, Georgia Tech went on the road the next week after giving up 640 yards, and Virginia Tech, who I know isn't good, they scored 20, they scored 27 points, but two of their touchdowns were a punt return and a pick six. Like, Georgia Tech has a proud defense that plays hard and is usually pretty good. So does Miami. But not Saturday night, did they, gang? Uh, not uh, Saturday night. They gave up. Like, we they, we thought there was a chance they might if it got out of hand that they have a lot of, they have a little quit in them, and they certainly did. Yeah, Corey was underdog heavy. He took BC plus 10. He took LSU plus 14. They they won the game. They, they beat Alabama. Uh, but he also did take. Actually, a double for that. Yeah, he, he did take Tennessee plus 8, though. Bet against his own alma mater. What and I jerk. also wanted to take, to be fair, I also wanted to take Texas A&M. Well, the, the 31, what was the 31 guys they had the yeah. flu? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's rough. That's everything, rough. Everything's bigger in Texas. But don't. Uh, meanwhile, I went with uh, South Alabama, minus three at Georgia Southern. Shout out to the Georgia Southern fan who said in the YouTube comments earlier in the week, Bad take, Aslan. Mm. Uh, I think you might have been the same person that actually tweeted at me the live stats on ESPN, and I clicked on and I they allowed like 21 points in the first quarter or something. I'm like, oh boy, that's a bad one. But by the time I actually saw the guy tweet at me, I clicked on the link. It was the ESPN live stats. George Southern had, had, had fallen behind, and South Alabama was up. South Alabama actually did cover. I think they won by seven. Mm. Took Liberty plus 13 and a half. They straight nice. up won. Yeah, you and yep. I. Golly, if you guys would have. Pick the LSU game money and, and the Liberty money lines. Just Woo. on the money lines, yeah. Parlayed those? Come on. We're giving this away for free. Uh, but then I also thought Oklahoma State was going to bounce back. Uh, they had they were giving three to Kansas, and they got destroyed again. So maybe Mike Gundy, mm. maybe his time is up over there in Saltwater. It's been a while. It's been a run. been a good run out there. But, yeah, so we both went 2-1. and one. We'll do it all again on Wednesday, giving you picks, that is. We'll have another show for you later today. We'll speak to Coach Mike Norvell and the offensive coordinator, and the defensive coordinator, and the special teams coordinator. We'll see if we can get Tom on as well. Do Tuesdays with Tom, get his takeaways. And then we'll full steam ahead back into another game week as they have Syracuse. Is it 8 p.m. or 7.30? I feel like 8 o'clock is the ACC game. Why right? not 10 p.m.? Why not start it at midnight? Who cares? Tell everybody when we walked out of the stadium on Saturday night, Aslan. 
Uh, I don't know. It wasn't that late, was it? Or was there a I story mean, it behind it? was 12.30. I got in the car at 12.37 and drove to Orlando. That was oh, awesome. Man. We did lose an hour, though. We did fall behind, so I really only got to the hotel at 3, not 4. But, yeah, that was, uh, it was good. Good times. Good times. Sometimes I wish we covered a Big Ten team. But then it would also involve being in a very cold climate with gray skies all the time. And that would not I was be thinking about mind. that, too. Like, Pam Ward has the job, right? She's always doing noon games. She's doing an ESPN2 noon Big Ten game her whole life. She doesn't know what this is like, you know, leaving a stadium when it's the next morning. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, at least, but hey, what am I complaining for? I'm not going to Syracuse. That's an Ira joint. Poor Ira. And Ira drove down there with me, and Ira's got to turn around and do it all over again. He's got to drive to Jacksonville and then fly to Jacksonville because our airport not strong. But, yeah, it's 8 o'clock yeah. tilt at Syracuse. And what do you say, six and a half? Six and a half? Six and a half points the Knowles are favored. For now, you know, this is I'm, – I'm saying that was Sunday night. That was the opening spread. So, we'll see what it's like uh, on Friday. Okay. All right. We'll do a live show as well. We'll let you know what day that is. Unless Corey wants to let the cat out the bag now. I know you – I'm going to guess it will be Wednesday, buddy. Oh, okay. Yeah, it'll, it will be. It actually will be Wednesday. Six o'clock Wednesday. We did awesome. it. Awesome. We in the it. Coop returns again. It's been back, but in the Coop with Robert Cooper. That's 7.30 tonight. If you don't want to wait until then, obviously go to wordchant.com. We'll have all the interviews and the blow-by-blow, blow, courtesy of Corey's fast typing. And the Jeff Cameron Show, 1 to 3 o'clock. He and Tom Lang taking a much-deserved, much-earned uh, victory lap, as they call the big Florida State win in the 40s, mm. putting up points. So we'll let them uh, share their wisdom, and you can – Take that with you for the rest of your week. For Corey, I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up Board Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.